0: This is the Ambercote Christian Centre podcast. Well, welcome to uh, one of our first podcasts from lockdown. So uh, it's Tim Murray here and I'm joined by Tim Fallows. So uh, thanks for making the time to be with me, Tim.
1: Pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: And just to say to those of you that are listening that um, because we're having to use Zoom to record these, uh, the the podcast won't be quite the same as you've had them before so there might be some slightly longer gaps in between me and Tim speaking uh, there may be the occasional time where things go a bit quiet for a few seconds um, and you may hear a bit more background noise but um, it's the best we can do in the circumstances and hopefully you'll hear us clear enough to kind of get the gist of what we're saying and um, so we've called this podcast series uh, Leaving Egypt and um that's the sort of conversation I want to start with uh, Tim now so Tim um, just to sort of set this up a little bit you and I had a conversation last week um, where we started to talk about uh, leaving Egypt and also the idea that Egypt was the home for the people of Israel so I don't know if you want to take that as a bit of a launch pad to get us started with um, how we might start to see the time we're in and the possibilities ahead of us does that does that set you enough set you up enough to get us going?
1: That's fine, Tim. Yeah, I remember, I remember our conversation, even though it was a, a lifetime away for an old man like me. It is it is wonderful to be in a church where there are two very tall and young Tims, um, and I get I get left out. It's 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 a very pleasurable experience. But uh, yeah, that's fine, mate. We'll we'll start from there. So the first thing I thought about when you said I want to do a podcast and The the kind of series of them will be around the subject of leaving Egypt. Uh, I obviously thought about the Old Testament. um, And strangely enough, I thought about the the old song by Boney M, which I think you'll be far too young to remember. No idea what you're
0: talking about. No idea. They're lost on me.
1: It was a very famous song called By the Rivers of Babylon. I would, I would attempt to sing it, but I need a few drums, and I don't have them with me, unfortunately. By the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down, there we wept when we remembered Zion. It's a psalm, actually. but It was a very, very famous global um, hit for a, a lovely band called Boney M. So the psalmist there is saying, basically, we're talking about the children of Israel. They were being asked to sing, and they were saying, how can we sing when we're in, in a strange land? Um, so that's, that's the first thing that came into my head. But then I tried to bring it into context and think about the, the current coronavirus isolation period that we find ourselves in. And, and my mind came up, believe it or not, came up with three words, Egypt, Exodus and exile. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not writing notes, I assure you. Um, but yeah, the, the first thing that struck me was leaving Egypt shouldn't be a problem when you know you're going to the promised land but when you don't know what the promised land looks like tastes like feels like or even how you're going to get there then actually Egypt for many many people would be the preferred option because it's home and we know what we like and we like what we know and and we see from the from the old testament scriptures that a lot of people grumbled against Moses and Aaron didn't they in the wilderness because they were they were starting to feel very very uncomfortable in a place they didn't understand they didn't recognize and they wanted to go back even though going back home meant being enslaved meant doing daily activities and chores that must have been so monotonous so that was that was my first thought I mean I can carry on Tim yeah well
0: yeah I'll come back in there just to say um it's interesting how how sometimes the kind of human condition remains the same through centuries millennia different eras and cultures because um it's one thing that sort of psychologists will talk about now is the power of familiarity to hold humans where they are so um you know many people are stuck in life destroying relationships but will choose to stay there because they still in the end, would rather have what's familiar, even though it's damaging, than take the risk of moving to something new, even though it might be better. And, and I, I think that's what you're getting at, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it reminds me of that. I don't know, I watched Shawshank Redemption again recently, which has got to be one of the best films of all time.
0: I do understand that cultural reference, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: well done, Tim.
1: Um, and there's a wonderful quote in there by uh, Morgan Freeman's character, Red, when he said something, was it, these walls are funny, first you hate them, then you get used to them, and when enough time has gone by, it gets so that you depend on them. And for those of you that have watched the film, you know, but if you haven't watched the film, it's, it's a film that basically shows that some of these guys who've been in, in the same environment, albeit prison for so long, got so used to living in that environment that the thought of being set free terrified them. In fact, one of them actually killed himself um, in the film. And again, I'm trying to think about, you know, trying to make this relevant to where we are now. Um, But for the children of Israel, that was the case, wasn't it? That they were enslaved, they were... You know they'd been there. I think it was, it was hundreds of years. think like four hundred years, was it? Something
0: like that. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah.
1: So everyone that left, is it? Yeah. So I, I do read my Bible every now and again, Tim. Honest. <laughs> um, I, imagine being. We can't. You can't imagine being anywhere for four hundred years. But you, your your DNA, not just your own memory, but your DNA, is being a slave, and the thought of freedom without a definition of freedom is actually we choose to stay where we are we don't want to change who on earth wants to change um and so when i'm thinking about now tim and the pandemic situation we're in i mean everyone's hearing these cliches now aren't they uh unprecedented the new normal etc etc um what does the new normal look like well we don't know anyway. uh, the problem for me is the old normal is that most of us, if human nature is repetitious, most of us would prefer to stay as we are. Uh, there'll always be stuff where you think, Well, I like this, this new change. But, uh, as a package, I want to go back to one another. I want to go back to normal. And I would argue, A, we're not going to get the opportunity to some degree. But if we really want to advance in the kingdom of God, if we want to advance as a church, as a congregation, and as individuals or groups, we have to accept this situation has come almost like a bridge i'll come back to the word bridge if you want me to later tim but uh, it's something i often quite think about that, that sometimes seasons in our lives are bridges and they yeah. take us from a to b and if we hadn't got that season or that bridge or whatever it is we would never get to B. which stay in a and and i do i do get concerned for particularly those of us that have been in church for many 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 years I'm not just talking about the older folks, goodness, I don't think of myself as an older folk now at 50 odd, but sure young people think I'm old, but for those of us that have been, let's say, entrenched in church traditions, um, patterns and styles for so long, the thought of change, we would never probably choose it, we have to be provided with a bridge, given a bridge, almost have it forced on us, so that change can come. Uh, I'll I leave I, it there for now, Tim, I'll let you
0: come yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, I'll jump in there. Um, I think uh, kind of uh, as I hear you talk, Tim, I reflect on um, the, the kind of the, the normal that we're used to, the slavery that we're used to that's become our home, you know, the prison that we've come to depend on in its familiarity. Um, there, there does come a point where most of us forget that this was never how it was meant to be. You know, most of us comes to see this as a home that is natural or good or that we would want. And I think, though, um, I think there is an experience that starts to pull the cover back. I don't know if you'll be able to relate to this, Tim, but I I think for most of us, there come these points at life and they, they may only come kind of every couple of years or even less frequently. But there comes a point where there's a sort of inner ache and longing that seems to cry out i'm sure that i was made for more than this i'm sure this isn't the way kind of it was meant to be for me yeah Um, but so often kind of that cry of the soul cried the shriveled soul Um, is shouted down straight away by the kind of sense of, well, this is how life is and this is how life is for everyone else and this is, you know, this is home. And there's lots of good things here, you know, at least we get our food every day and, you know. And and, um, do you you relate to that experience at all, that kind of cry of the soul that shoots up every now and then?
1: I do, Tim. Um, I I don't relate to it easily because of the way I'm wired and and i'm sure there'll be others who are listening to this Would be the same we we kind of got used to shutting down our heart through hurts and disappointments and maybe past experience or maybe abuse as, as children uh, i grew up in a very religious family and i don't think my heart was released to dream and to allow the lord to really really reach me to deepen in inner place but life life inevitably will allow or throw things to come our way. And we could say the Lord will bring things our way or allow things to come our way that will give us an opportunity if we allow it for things to change and for those longings and cries in our hearts to be released. And remember again, it was, it was the cries of the people in Egypt that God said he heard when he spoke to Moses, did it at the burning bush? I've heard the cries of my people um, and I want you to deliver them. And I think these are the prayers that the Lord really answers, Tim, the things that come from the deepest recesses of who we are. But I would just challenge myself and challenge others listening. Do we allow ourselves to even listen to the cries of our own hearts? Mm. What we really yearn for and what we believe could be possible. I mean, there's a whole series on that. But um, yeah, I do. I think for me, the Lord is, is probably last year allowed things to come into my little life or conspiring event came to me that brought me to what I would have called an extreme low point. Um, and you start to question everything. Yeah. Um, but, and, and, and then you, you learn that you can depend on the Lord when nothing else can satisfy you. learn to depend on him. The problem is we spend most of our lives, lives avoiding that type of situation or mm. shutting down and treating it as negatives or, or I'm having a breakdown or I don't want to think that way because it's a lack of faith, or and a lot of that is nonsense. Sorry, not, no, not all of that's nonsense. If you feel like you're having a breakdown, you're having a really tough time, that's real. But I think if we can somehow look above the clouds and see what the you know, Lord, what are you trying to say to me through this? How are you trying to reach me through this? And how can this almost become a bridge that leads me into a different future? I was talking to the wonderful Stacey Simpson, my wonderful hob leader last week, and he was reminding me that in the story where the, the disciples are afraid in the storm. It was actually the body of water that they were afraid of that Jesus used to get to them. He walked on the water, which I think is a, a fantastic picture that Brother Simpson brought to me. And yeah, I, I, I do Tim, I do relate to it. The And the cry of my heart would be, how do we help people to recognize these things when they're happening in our lives? Almost like the burning bush. You know, we, we read down, you know, if we study that, Moses would have faced a number of burning bushes in his life. But on that particular day, he chose to recognize the bush, the burning, and go to it and turn turn to it and look at it and say, I wonder what's going on? And then God said to him, take your your sandals off. Um, The place you're standing on is holy ground, as we say in the black country. So, yeah, I do relate to it, Tim. And I can only pray that in this season, the Lord is going to speak to people and give them clarity, but my prayer for us as individuals is is that we recognize the season somehow as a bridge of opportunity rather than a bridge of obstruction or delay, or oh, you know I'm sick of this i want I want to get out of it though we do want to come out of some things out of this, but the key for me, Tim, and I' was close to this is what direction are we facing when we get up
0: yeah yeah and and i uh, um I kind of want to pull you back in in a minute. To something else because I that what you sort of describe a kind of, um, you know, a moment in your life where not only did certain things become more real, but kind of ways of seeing things were flipped on their heads as well, or turned around. You know, um, and uh, I kind of think of that with the kind of leaving leaving Egypt stuff. Really, like we've talked about, if we spend, if we kind of have got into a place where we think that our slavery is our home, we somehow need something that changes our worldview and we realise, am I at home? Or actually have I been away from home for so long, I've forgotten what home really is. Yeah. You, you know, and um I think you started to talk to me last week a little bit about, about recovering our identity as exiles yeah you, you know so yeah. I, you want to build on that a little bit for us then
1: again i think i think we, you know, we well most of us listen i'm sure we say we call ourselves christians and we love the lord and we follow him and we believe in him and that's all all great uh, but i think i still think there are and again i'm only going to my own experience and it may be i'm the only person on the planet is we, we've all gone through Seasons in our life where we say we became Christians or we prayed the sinner's prayer or, you know, we, kept, we grew up in church and, and, and you know, ultimately, that it's language that describes a reality. But for each of us, it could be very different. And, and I would say for the vast majority of us, we, we can say we've left Egypt. But unless we've entered the promised land, then we may have left Egypt, but the identity of Egypt it's still in us. There's an old saying, you, you know, you can take Gornel out of a bloke. But you can't take the bloke out of Gornel. Or is it the other way around? The other way around. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So as a lad, you can take me out, but, but there'll always be that part of me that, that, I'm, that I relate back to what I call home, where I grew up. And there's DNA in that. There's identity, there's patterns, there's behavior. Um But identity is so, so important. because. It doesn't, just shape, uh, it doesn't just shape what we do and what we believe. It shapes the very person that we are. And to some degree, the, the person that we could ever be. And this is where the redemptive nature of God comes. isn't He, he comes and miraculously changes us from the inside out and offers us the world in many respects. Um, and I don't mean that in material things. I mean, he basically says, you know, come and help me transform the world let the, let the kingdom of god come on earth as it is in heaven but unless we enter and again you must be born again jesus talks there doesn't he in john 3 that unless a man is born again he can't see the kingdom but then he comes back and says unless you're born of water and spirit you can't enter the kingdom so it's two things it's one thing to have left egypt and seen something it's another thing entirely to have entered it. And my heart's cry for the body of Christ in our region and for us as a congregation, that every single member not only leaves Egypt, but is somehow can shed the identity of Egypt, which I I would believe includes a lot of fear, a lot of trepidation, uh, a lack of confidence, a lack of, uh, if I say a lack of faith, I don't want to push that because that's, we've all had that, all your lack of faith. Some of this is very natural. It's about our, our having our identities changed from within, isn't it? And looking forward to to what the promised land could possibly be. Um, if I can just find the scripture, mate, that That's, I sent to someone yesterday. What I'm thinking.
0: Don't um, worry. Yeah, yeah. Take your time. Find the scripture. Yeah,
1: it, it it's this, this concept of looking forward, Tim. Mm, yeah. I remember reading this. I remember re- reading this a while. The identity of Egypt causes us, I think, to continue to look back. Or certainly look sideways, which is not really a, it's okay to do that. But, you know, we're called into an incredibly glorious future, an eternal life. Eternal life fundamentally is about knowing him, isn't it? Not about an an eternal bliss that that's to come. Eternal life is about living. And Jesus says, follow me. So when he says, follow me, the idea is that I'm looking forward. Because if someone tells me to follow, then I'm looking behind me. I don't know where they're going. I've got it. So Hebrews eleven eight to 10, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Now, that's a scripture I'm sure many of us have heard before. We've got to have the courage, the bottle to leave, even before we know where we're going. So you certainly can't enter until you've left. But leaving doesn't mean that you enter. There's that gap, isn't there? There's the wilderness yeah. period that I'm told yeah. could have been as little as two weeks for the children of Israel, but ended up being 40 years. And only then, only two entered. Oh, Lord, no. that yeah. be our experience. By faith, he made his home in the promised land. He made his home in the promised land. He didn't go like a visitor tentatively. He went with incredible intent. This is my home it says like a stranger in a foreign country. Isn't that an interesting language, Tim? Because a lot of yeah. us maybe feel, in fact, I'd love to come back to the concept of solastalgia, if you remind me in a minute. Mm. We feel like we're strangers in a foreign country. I believe we need, to, we need to, in this season ahead, we need to make our home like pilgrims. Our home needs to be not so rooted in the past, or necessarily in the future, necessarily, we need to become journey people. And even if it feels strange and we feel like we're in a foreign country, you know what? Egypt should feel like a foreign country because it's an exile for the children of Israel. But they made their homes there and stayed there. And, and even when God brought them out, some of them wanted to go back. It says he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob. So this is a generational thing as well. Abraham isaac and jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise and then it says this i love this in verse 10 for he was looking forward for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is god now tim he didn't know where it was he had an idea but he'd never been there he and had think- to
0: be looking forward go on mate go on, i just i i think um if we have we can have these sort of conversations and and people those of you listening are well within your rights to ask the kind of question which i often ask myself which is that all sounds great guys but why is it you're really talking about that the promised land is and often those questions throw kind of call to mind that verse don't they where you say i i'm looking for the city with foundations but i'm not exactly sure quite what it looks like or quite how to get there but I'm certain it's not this and my heart yeah. longs for it and yeah, and yeah. You, you, you are in that place of tension aren't you of wanting to leave behind what is but not having something to point yeah. to and say well that's exactly it, it it's yeah, that girl. walk of faith that is kind of constantly can look silly to those who don't who aren't on the inside of it you know
1: yeah, it's a bit like getting married it, Tim.
0: <laughs> Elaborate like, before I agree. <laughs> well, it,
1: it, it's something that you know you want to, well, you're pretty sure you want to do, you want to move forward. You, you don't really know what it's going to look like, and there's risks, and you don't have the luxury of thinking, oh, this is going to be wonderful bliss forever and ever and ever, do you? You have to take a leap of faith, but it's a relational leap, yep. and, you take, and you put your trust in your partner uh, and, and obviously the people around you your community that agree this is a good thing to do we do not get the luxury well sometimes we do and I think maybe when we're younger in our faith the Lord gives us more assurances but I believe faith is probably well it is it's what Jesus is looking for when he returns more than anything else we have to we have to trust the Lord when he says you're coming with me we're going somewhere we have to trust him and I don't think we can give quick of answers and say this is what it will look like I mean Let me read you the next few verses. Verse 13, Tim. All these people were still living by faith when they died. Because he goes on to talk about a few people in Hebrews. Mm. They did not receive the things promised. So we don't go because we're going to get something. We go because God asks us to. Because we want to follow his purpose for our lives. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Mm. The definition of 2020 vision is to see things from a distance. It's not having great eyesight. They did not receive the things promised him, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Which reminds me People again say such things. Say again
0: Which reminds me again of C. S. Lewis's kind of way of describing this, that he says it's a longing, but experiencing the longing is better than any other experience, even absolutely. though it's a longing for something you don't have. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely absolutely tim and verse 14 people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own Mm. now i don't think that's talking about being selfish i think they know they're looking for something different you actually alluded to that a few minutes ago if they had been thinking of the country they had left egypt they would have had an opportunity to return but instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And then it says, it closes with this. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. That, that, that's my dream, Tim. Mm. What would, and i and brought broaden- it, what would the black country look like? What would Dudley look like when heaven comes to earth as Jesus asks us to pray with him? Let your kingdom come on earth. And I don't think we let ourselves dream. What it could what it could look like and yeah. sometimes it can it can be a lack of faith but i don't think it always is i think sometimes obviously a lack of experience because none of us have ever really seen what that looks like some of us have been in great churches some of us may have been to travel to distant parts and seen some kind of revival experience but no one has seen no eye has seen and no ear has heard what god has laid up for them who love him and i believe this is yes there is something of an eternal consequence of this beyond death. But I'm also one of them crazy people who believes that when Jesus said, let your kingdom come on earth, it actually is literal, and that he wants us to experience a touch, a flavor of what heaven might be, and seeing the will of God and far more evident in every aspect of our life, not just on a Sunday morning, for two out of 168 hours in a week, but for every day of our life, the way we impact our neighbors and our friends, where way we impact our workplaces. And, and I think the, the bridge of this pandemic has given us an opportunity to begin to think and hopefully dream about what and, and I would say pray about it. Ask the Lord to give you ideas and thoughts. Take it to scriptures that back this up, that he has a much better plan for your street than we've currently seen. He has a great plans for every single person that live in the homes around where we are, the places that we work, go to school, wonderful plans but he's called you and I me and you Tim to partner with him into seeing that become a reality for them so that's where I get excited but what does it look like well it's so hard we can only imagine
0: can't we we can but I also want to um I also want to introduce a kind of a way of talking about this that um might take a minute to to get your head around if you're listening to this but I think it's pretty crucial and that's the difference between normal and natural so we often kind of use those words as if they mean the same thing oh that's just normal that's just natural but if we if we believe that creation yes it's corrupt by sin yes it's fallen but fundamentally kind of ontologically at the first was the choice of a good god to create then what is what is most natural as in fitted with the way things are meant to be is the expression of the life of the kingdom of god that is what is most natural for me you every human and every culture and every part of our kind of human existence that is natural but it's not normal it's you know as you've just described it's what I, what is normal is far from what is natural so I think we we do dream and we imagine and we work for but but we all say that we kind of surprisingly I think we find ourselves working with the grain of what is truly natural with what God has truly created and given us so it becomes yeah. very abnormal but surprisingly when we step into it feels incredibly natural like it's like oh yeah somehow this is the life I was always made for even though it's not been normal for me you know and like you I think I've only tasted that in small ways but even in the small ways you know um you know when we do things that are seriously abnormal in the in the standards of our world at the moment but feel like the most human things we've ever done, you know. Yeah. Or have yeah. I, I totally gone off on one there? <laughs> I hope that makes some sense.
1: No, it does, Tim. It does. it's, um, it's triggered another thought actually. When 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 um, we did some training years ago on how you know how to use the internet, and 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 the trainer guy used two words that, in some ways, are similar to what you've just said: natural and normal. He used the word uh, native and immigrant. And mm, yeah. this isn't going to be racist, I assure you, you know, I'm from Gornal. Um, he said, basically, those of you over a certain age, you're not native to this. You're an immigrant. And so, therefore, you won't feel quite as home and you won't be as good at it or as natural as it, as you will for some of the younger people. It's just part of who they are. Um, and I'm yeah. going to say this. Um in in our, in, our, in our Christian experience, Tim, um, I'm starting to think one of my favourite passages in the New Testament, which your wonderful father-in-law actually put into my head years ago, is Galatians 4. And he talks about the difference between being the the slave child and being the free son. mm, mm. And I think, and this would be my deepest challenge. And if I go too far, sometimes I do. Just slap me around.
0: I just mean, Mike, um, mate. mate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the big danger for a lot of us as Christians, and particularly those of us that've been on the been on the journey for a long time, is we fail to recognise that we haven't arrived yet. We, we're still on the journey, and we are still. Most of us, I am. For, so I'll put my hand up and say. I still live a lot of my life like I'm a slave, Tim. And yeah. again, I've I mean, I, I, I learned this off by heart in my head. So Galatians 4 started something like this. So what I'm saying is as long as the heir, H-E-I-R, as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, even though he owns the whole estate. He must be made subject Um to like tutors until the time comes so this is paraphrase until the time comes where he can he can live in the reality and we are all by nature slaves to the systems of this world but at just the right time god sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law so that we might receive full rights as sons and it goes on to talk about the yeah, heir. you know if, if we're no longer a slave then we're an heir And we can sing songs about that some of us have been around we can quote the scriptures verbatim it makes no difference unless that is a reality in my life so i can live as a christian of 40 50 you know blessing bill has been a christian for probably nearly 100 years and i'm sure he's very different to me but you know you can be a christian for 100 years and still be a child and therefore you live like a slave because you don't yet fully understand and therefore, you're not able to enter all the things that the Lord has prepared for us, the good works in advance, mm. the, the, the acts of the kingdom, whether it's kindness or miracles, things that in the New Testament we are clearly drawn to. Mm. And I don't think it's because, I think we've we got so used to living a life in traditions. And I, I, if I call church a prison, please don't shoot me anybody. because it's not, I love church, I love coming. But actually, church was never meant to be something I come to. Church is meant to be the the the, the institution, the, the the group of people through which Jesus transforms the world around us. But we have become institutionalized, like Red in the Shawshank, um, mm. and we get we get to depend on the walls rather than seeing the walls as something we're going to get beyond. So I'll, I will go off and, and rabbit there, but that, this is the cry of my heart, Tim, for, for the church yeah. and for the people around me.
0: And, and we've so got to grow. Yeah. And to bring this full circle, maybe, you know, I don't know if this is a time kind of to try and draw some dots together before we finish. It is to come back to the cry of the heart, really, because if we, by God's grace, can recognise some of these things, to recognise that we are um, largely, many of us kind of living as slaves, that we we can see that the invitation of Jesus is for more than that. Well, how are we going to move? We're not going to move by beating ourselves up. We're not going to move by kind of accumulating a new law or a new duty to try and move to the promised land. You know, I want to come back to something you started with, really. I think we will only begin to move if we find a way to give space for the cry and the longings of our hearts, unless there's a desire that is fostered and nurtured and allowed to breathe within us you you know that that heart's cry i think that's the only thing that can really move us um, uh, uh, other than god driving us out as he did with the people of egypt people out of egypt so in the end the people leave egypt because pharaoh pursues them (laughs) yeah but that and, and that's the kind of parallel we draw with this crisis isn't it that maybe in the covid pandemic in some ways the lord drives us out of some areas of egypt in our lives but yeah. we can't keep moving without a heart that's being allowed to breathe
1: yeah again i'll come back to that word bridge tim i think the lord whether we sent it or whether we allowed it to me is irrelevant it's here the lord is is given us a bridge mm. he's given us a, he's given us an uh, an escape but until we recognise we're living in exile, until we recognise at least at least in part we are like children, and therefore we are like slaves, then we can choose to stay. And I don't think God is going. God doesn't force us to do anything, does it?
0: No, um,
1: well, well, I'm sure in the Exodus, you know, you, you go. Well, you know, you're not staying. You are going. But I would ro- <laughs> surely we can follow the Lord willingly and not unwillingly. And I'm just reminded of that verse, Tim, because we can we can think this is all about functions and what we do. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. I mean, that has got to, at some point, stir me and move me and remind me, this is a love relationship. This whole Christian reality experience journey is all about coming home to the Father, isn't it? In my Father's house are many rooms. I'm going to prepare a place so that where I am, there you may be also. Lord, help me. Help us to hear your voice in this season and to really, really understand by revelation, remember, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Uh, All of the things God gives us, whether it's church meetings, whether it's choruses, whether it's reading our Bible, small group, whether it's conferences, all of these things, they are bridges, they are not the thing itself, they're signs, they point us to him, and that's where the cry of our heart, we were created with a longing for him, even if we've never felt it in, in your own emotions, we were created with a uh, an inner vacuum, with a compass that can only point north and find him, and I believe in this season it's another way the Lord's given us an opportunity to come to him, and guys, and Maybe we'll spend forever learning what it means to love Him with all of our hearts. But I'll put my hand up and say, Lord, I don't yet love You with all of my heart. Help me move into the place where that journey continues again. And let's not get guilty, guys. If you haven't, you know, if you know this stuff, but you haven't moved for years, that's that's all about many of our experiences we've got today. We can't go back, and we can't ultimately get to the future. With what we do today, let's take some time today to say, Lord, reveal Yourself to me again. Let me look for the burning bushes. Let me somehow capture the senses I have deep down that I've maybe numbed down through rejection or disappointment or hurt or failure. Or maybe I've never really truly experienced something deep in my heart that longs for you. Well, get into Psalm 62, 63, Psalm 139. These are Psalms that were written by a guy who knew what it was to long for God. And guys, he was far from perfect. You know, some of the things that David got up to striking. Okay, makes me feel like a saint on some days, but you know what? My behavioral external is nothing compared to who I am inside. And David was a lover of God, he was a worshiper. And he, he knew what it was to be in exile too. He had to leave his place in the, when Saul was after him. And he cultivated a relationship with the Lord in the wilderness times like Moses did. And he learned what it was to have a home that was inside of him, not right outside of him. So no matter no matter where he was, and let's think of people like Terry Wright and other Christians that have been in prison. You can know what it is to know the presence of God in a prison cell with no one around you. But guys, you don't drift there. It's something that we have to make an internal decision to say, oh, I want to travel from where I am, which is fine, even though I'm in exile, to a much better place where the, the land of promise. See, God can speak promises to you in exile, but you don't experience them in exile. You experience them in the land of promise in the future ahead of time maybe today maybe tomorrow but we have to make a decision to posture ourselves before the lord and say yeah yes lord i want to come after you i want to come and know what it is to be in the father's arms to know what it is to to gaze into your eyes like psalm 27 to gaze into the beauty of the lord to know the these are posh words of fellowship you know, the the comradeship, the communion, the being together with the Holy Spirit every day and every moment. These are the things, Tim, that I believe we should long for. And these are the things I believe COVID-19 are giving us an opportunity to revisit. And these can become the new normals. And yes, we still want to go to church. We still want to come to meetings. You know what? My reason for coming changes. I don't come to church to get an emotional high or a kick when the chorus goes to a B-flat minor or when there's a really good message that entertains or makes me feel interested. I'm coming to church because I just want to be in a corporate setting with others who share the same values as me, because we can worship Jesus in a way that we can't really just on our own, sure. But, but it changes the dynamics, doesn't it? Our reason for being, because we now know the experience inside of us so that wherever we are, we can, we can have the experience of being in church, because ultimately it is about being with him, isn't it? The house of the Lord in the New Testament is inside me. It's not inside a building. And uh, I've ranted on. So I'll let you come back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was always my intent, and I'm glad I've got you ranting. But no, I pre- thank you, mate. And, and um, there's just loads in there, isn't there? And, and for, for you guys listening to this, kind of through these this podcast series, um, kind of, I am aware that this isn't stereotypical kind of teaching (laughs) we're we're trying to open a vein you know we're trying to open a vein and bleed a little bit Uh, and we're trying to expose something of the longings of our hearts not just our hearts but including our hearts and and we trust and hope that something of the holy spirit will stir in you 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 know say um feel free like if any of this hasn't been helpful don't dwell on it but but we hope it may stir something that we are obviously struggling to articulate and we just entrust kind of this ourselves and and you who are listening to the lord really um and and ask for his mercy to stir something so is there anything you want to say to close tim before we kind of end the podcast
1: I just want to just add, add to what you said, Tim. I think for you guys who are listening, that might feel that I'm having a go at you or because no one likes to be told that they're a child. I'm not telling you that you are. I'm saying it's possible. And I'm putting my hand up and saying, this is my experience. I've not arrived. I'm nowhere near where I'd love to think that I could be and where I want others to be in God. Finding our place in God is a journey. It's not somewhere we've got there and we stop, is it? And religion will turn us into religious people who lack the, the, the grace and the mercy and the love of God and that, that look in our eye that is attractive to people. So when your neighbours look in your eye and think, I want what they've got. I want this for all of us. God wants this for all of us. And not to be like religious fossils, <laughs> if you like. And I'm not calling anyone a fossil either, Tim. The thing I want to add is we're all in this. Tim would say to himself, we are we are sharing our hearts because this is this is our experience and we want to experience more of you lord more of you but we probably do need the odd prod from time to time and all you know all scripture is god breathed useful and 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 but the scriptures discipline us they bring us to a point of saying oh that hurts and sometimes we need friends to stab us in the front because there's plenty doing in the back and i'd rather stab you in the front and say come on grow up Let's all grow up into the faith. Let's move on from where we are. Let's not get bogged down in, in the past or the, the place that we call home in our church life. There's more to experience. There's a promised land out there. There's a world out there to see transformed. Let's move, let's go, let's hear the sound of the trumpet and let's move in Jesus'
0: name, Tim. And I'll stop there. Oh, Amen. Well, thank you, Tim, for being willing to stab us in the front. <laughs> <laughs> no but there's a proverb isn't it that the wounds from a friend are to be welcomed and um you know anyway yeah. so there you go i hope this i hope this podcast is a profit for you guys who are listening to it and do look out for more we'll continue to do these over the coming weeks exploring more of these ideas around how we how we kind of embrace the opportunity to leave egypt and to move into the freedom that god has for us so uh thanks for listening and we'll uh, we'll see you again soon Thank you for listening to Ambercote Christian Centre's podcast. For more information about who we are, what we believe and how you can get involved, check out our website www.ambercotechristiancentre.org.uk